Hello and welcome to episode 85 of the Bid Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Bidemir Logende. On this episode, I'll be talking about how school clubs, sports teams, and even religious organizations are putting pressure on teenagers to use social media and what parents who disagree with that idea can do about it. Thank you for your time. Let's get to it. Cindy Schmidt is a mother of four in Tampa, Florida. She does not allow her kids to be on Instagram. However, their church youth groups have used Instagram to post photos and updates about events. And because of that, she said they had missed out on a few things or were a bit out of the loop at times. She said that while she would like it if the church continued putting events on websites and social media, she did not raise her concerns because she wanted the leaders of the church youth groups to reach the kids who were already on Instagram. Another mother in a small town near Seattle, Washington State, told Julie Jargon, a Wall Street Journal reporter, that her daughter's school band joined Discord. So Discord is an instant messaging and digital distribution platform where users can communicate using voice calls, video calls, text messaging, media and files in private chats, or as part of communities called servers. As a result, her 16-year-old daughter ended up communicating with a stranger who solicited nude photos from her. Michael Kaufman is a customer service rep in New York City. He said he had a farm rule with his three kids, no social media until age 13, which is when kids are technically old enough to sign themselves up for apps. So when his oldest daughter's middle school science teacher asked the student, then 11 years old, to take photos of their projects and post them on Instagram, Michael alerted the principal, who put an end to that effort. More recently, that same daughter, who is now in high school, joined a school photography club where the students were told they would be sharing their photos on Instagram, but she chose to leave that club instead. Her dad, Michael, said she has very little interest in social media and is aware that she is the outlier, the exception to the rule. Michael's younger daughter, however, really wanted TikTok, but only got it back in April when she turned 13. She wanted to join the video sharing app because all the girls in her dance team were posting videos of themselves practicing their routines to then provide feedback to one another. Bethany Robertson is the co-director of Parents Together, which is a non-profit family advocacy group in Washington, D.C. She said, quote, we can't sacrifice privacy and safety and kids' mental health just for the convenience that the ubiquity of these platforms offer. Interestingly, kids find ways to use technology to socialize even without social media. For example, a mom in Vancouver, British Columbia in Canada said that drama quickly ensued after her daughter's sixth grade class made up of 11 to 12 year olds began using the chat function on Microsoft Teams during remote school. So Microsoft Teams is a business communication platform that became widespread during the pandemic, just like Zoom and Google Meet. So her daughter and a classmate got into an argument in the chat and then other kids joined in. The mom said she notified the school and the chat function was disabled. So we know that it's, it's hard enough to keep kids off social media when their friends all have accounts on nearly every social media platform. However, when the pressure comes from school clubs, sports teams, and even religious organizations, parental efforts to delay the use of social media can feel futile. 
The convenience and popularity of group chats and social media have led many coaches, teachers, club supervisors, and youth group leaders in religious organizations to suggest that kids join apps like Instagram, WhatsApp, and Discord. However, it is tricky when children become too old to have mom and dad handle every school and team communication, yet they are still considered too young for social media in their own parents' eyes. So this leads to the question, what can parents do to handle the pressure that their kids face to join group chats and social media? So first, it helps to develop a social media agreement. Laura Tierney is the founder of Social Institute, a company that partners with schools to teach students how to navigate social media and technology. She said it is best to start discussing responsible social media use with kids early because social media is simply not going away. You cannot restrict it and then throw them in at age 13. She further suggested that families should develop a social media agreement to lay out rules such as whether a child's account is set to public or private, who gets to approve friend requests, and how often parents can monitor the account. The Social Institute offers a template on its website, and the link to that template is in the show notes for this episode. So next is to create a shared account. Instead of letting kids lose with their own account, you can create one that you control and let them use it only to communicate with the school club, religious organization, group, or sports team. You can set up two-factor authentication so that you get a code on your email address or your cell phone every time your child wants to log in. And you also have to ensure that they log out when that activity or communication session is done. Next is to take advantage of the settings that are available on these apps themselves. If you feel like your child is ready to use social media, you can enact app settings to help protect them. For example, some teens enjoy Instagram more when they turn off the likes and comments. There are also options to disable autoplay on YouTube, restrict content and DMs on TikTok and Discord, and control who can add your children to groups and view their profile information on WhatsApp. Finally, you can actually suggest alternatives. There's no reason for young students to be limited to communicating on the most prominent tech platforms. Several apps are designed for students to receive reminders, schedule practices, share videos and photos, and communicate in small private groups. And actually, many teachers and sports teams use some of those alternatives, including Remind, GroupMe, Flipgrid, Band, and PhotoCircle. So I don't have any business relationships with this app, so you can and you can also do some research to find the ones that work best for you and your family. So that's all I have for this episode. Please let me know what you think and how this information has helped you in any way. Thanks for listening. The Big Picture Podcast is produced by Sunshine Media in association with Alowinly Productions. Fact-checking by Zara Kuznetsova. Audio engineer, Sergey Gorski. Graphic design, Stacey Graham. Senior producer, Abidemi Ologunde. Executive producers, Olufolani Ologunde and Toby Loba Ologunde. Please join me again on the next episode as I continue with a deep dive on cybersecurity's news, events, and incidents, and the lessons we can learn from them for robust cyber threat intelligence and awareness in our daily lives. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the Big Picture Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, please share the show with anyone that you think might benefit from it. For questions, comments, or any suggestions, please send an email to bdme at thebeatpicture.com. 
You can also get in touch on Twitter at BitPicture, on the Clubhouse app at Bit, as well as on the Wisdom app at Bidemi. Please remember to leave a review for the podcast if your platform allows you to do so. Thank you for your time. See you on the next episode. Bye for now.